I'm Michelle and I'm back for season two of Get Mouthy from the Head and Neck Cancer Foundation. Talking about cancer is important, but it doesn't have to be dull or depressing. So join me as I chat with some of the most interesting people I know who are all linked to the fight against head and neck cancers, either personally or professionally. So hello, everybody. Um, and today we're speaking uh, to Jamie. Jamie is, we, she's just shown me where she is. She's in sunny California whereas I'm sitting in Berkshire in the rain. But um, Jamie Powell is a tongue cancer survivor. Um, and you 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 do everything, don't you? You do TikTok, Instagram, you podcast. <laughs> I've, I've read and watched some of your stuff already. So um, I know you're really keen. And also, Jamie was just telling me she's got two little two little children as well, six and seven. So um, I know you you have sort of beaten your tongue cancer, but you did also lose the majority of your tongue and um and I know that I I know from patients I know the massive impact of that and I know now what you like to sort of talk about is the awareness of how it just impacts on your sort of daily you know your daily life and you've got I know you've got you know hundreds of thousands of, of followers across all your platforms so people really want to know about this so um I really would just like to say thank you for coming on and thank you for uh, calling us and speaking to us. And just to start with, can you tell us a little bit of, like, about your journey? Like what, what were your first little symptoms and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, so I was, this came out of the blue, like out of nowhere. I literally woke up one morning and I was like, oh, I must have bit my tongue in my sleep. I was brushing my teeth and I felt this bump on my tongue. Didn't think anything of it. I was like, wow, I must have had like a crazy dream. I was biting my tongue. Yeah. Went about my day. Um, I didn't didn't really think anything of it until it wasn't going away after like a week. So I was like, okay, that's kind of strange because the mouth heals quickly. We all know mm -hmm. that. We've bitten our cheek, our tongue before. And then um, and then I it started to look a little bit different. Like it started instead of being like a bump. Now it, there was like a square patch, like it was a square patch and a raised bump. And it was getting bigger, which in, within the course of like, I would say two, two weeks. And I was like, okay, now it's starting to hurt because it's rubbing my teeth. And I was like, it's mm -hmm. getting bigger. So it really freaked me out. I went to urgent care um, and we were going on a cruise like three days before I want to make sure I'm, I'm going to be fine for my vacation and I don't want to worry about it. So I went to urgent care and I was like, Hey, I got this thing on my tongue. It's been there for over a week. It's kind of weird. And they looked at it and they were like, we don't know what that is. You need to go to a specialist. And that kind of freaked me out. Cause I was like, okay, this is something bigger than what, what I'm thinking. Cause they're like, we don't know what that is either. So then, um, I went on holiday. I went I went on my cruise because they couldn't get me in. The specialist was an ENT, ear, nose, and throat doctor. They And, of course, you can never get in right away. So I had to wait a month before I could be wow. seen. Yeah. And so in the course of that month, so I went on holiday. This was um, during Christmas time. And it was the first of the year, January 2020. So I went on, I went on holiday, and I went about, and it was getting bigger and starting to hurt and now that was affecting my speech because I noticed I was trying to like move my tongue over so it wasn't rubbing against my teeth mm. and um but I didn't have any ear pain I didn't have any um like some people have in their neck like swollen mm. lymph nodes nothing that I could feel later on I I would find out that 
there was issues, but the only thing was one morning it just appeared. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was, I, you know, I don't had, I, I was like, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Like I had none of the risk factors that they, you know, lay into you yeah. when you get into it. So I was yeah. like, it, it literally is so terrifying because it came out of nowhere. And what did you, were you ever did you know about oral cancers did you ever for a minute when it first happened think oh my god this could be cancer never never it wasn't until after like two weeks of it and after I went to like urgent care or no it was like before I went to urgent care I was on my phone googling like the worst thing you could do and it was just like like all these things about cancer of the tongue like or or, like in the mouth anywhere and I was like there was nothing that said it wasn't cancer. I was yeah. like, but my, I was like, there's no way. Like, it doesn't, it looks like that. It kind of looks like this. Just like looking yeah, at the pictures. Yeah. yeah. And spiraling out of control. So never Google, but we always Google. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I had no, I had no idea. Even when they diagnosed me, I was like, uh, uh that's a thing. Yeah. Sorry. My yeah. Dog we, um, <laughs> we have that. Yeah. We find that here. We have, um, that's why we just like you we just are constantly raising awareness of this of like you know we we sort of say know what a healthy mouth looks like so that if something comes up you'll know that something is wrong and you need to see a doctor or your dentist yeah. and I think the other sort of troubling thing is that you went to urgent care and they mm-hmm. kind of just went well we you know and that happens here too you yeah know. and I also went to my dentist too yeah. And yeah. he was like, and I went to my, I had an appointment early on. So I found the bump. And then like a week later, I was, I had a cleaning, just a cleaning. I was like, yeah. I think I bit my tongue in my sleep. What do you think? And he's like, oh yeah, no big deal. Go away. Like he yeah. completely missed it. And yeah. um, after going through all this, yeah. now I know your dentist shouldn't be checking should, your tongue. They I don't remember. Should. Yeah. I don't remember someone ever doing that. Doing it. So it's funny. So here in the UK, exactly the same thing that dentists check you know should be sort of checking your mouth and they do I'm not uh, recently I was at the dentist and I asked him he didn't know what I do for a living and I sort of said to him uh he was feeling around my mouth and and I said uh, are you checking for sort of like oral cancers and things and he said yeah it's just a, he said oh you know about that and I said yeah I told him who I was what I did for <laughs> a living um but we, one of the things we encourage is for dentists to tell people what they're doing when they're looking in their mouth, when they're, so that people are aware that there is something like this out there. You know that when the dentist is with his, his or her gloves on, feeling around your mouth, what they're doing is they're looking for lump. What well, they should be looking for lumps and bumps and things. Um, so yeah, that's that's all. So what was what happened next? So then after that, I went to the ENT and then. I was like, hey, it's been here for like over a month. We couldn't get the appointment. Here I am. The dentist told me not to worry about it. And urgent care made the appointment here. And so she looked at it and she was like, we need to biopsy like right away. And so they did it that I was like, how do you biopsy the tongue? Very painful. And so they they biopsied it and they said, you'll know um, within a week. But she was telling I. You know, and I, another thing now that I kind of think about it, going into the ENT, I didn't know anything, what questions to ask, because I, yeah. I didn't know anything about it. So I was just like, is this like, do I need antibiotics? Is this going to, I had yeah. no idea. 
And so when she finally biopsied it, I was like, oh, they're really looking for something like this is something serious. And and I I waited a week and they called me and they're like, well, it's cancer and you're going to get called. This was also in March, March of 2020. So everything's shutting down. down, Yeah. Yeah. So they were trying to organize. They're like, so they just called me. They didn't bring me in. They're like, it's cancer. Um, It's aggressive. We're going to get you a cancer coordinator and a team. And I'm just like. Wow. Yeah. No, just like no idea. On top of everything else that was going on in the world, I'm like, yeah. What? I could not. It took me like a couple days to figure out exactly like how severe it was because I just could could not believe it. Yeah. It's it's such a. I think because it's not something. I mean, it's like you know we all know sort of about breast cancer and testicular cancer, and I guess we've all had either had a scare or have thought what would I do if that happened to me you know like you yeah. kind of imagined and those you are know. like the ones that are like pushed like they get yeah. the most media exactly. I mean, it's October so now it's everybody knows and yeah yeah we, and that's was, that's like I think it's just not something you think of so it's kind of like it's not yeah, something you're never. expecting you know never. um so what surgery obviously you had some really invasive surgery was it quick uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, so I had a uh, I had a so I had the hemiglossectomy, which is like just re- they removed the tumor and then a lot of tissue around it. So yeah. it, it ended up being bigger than they thought going in. So I had half my tongue removed, and then um, when they did, you know, they did the scans to make sure it didn't spread anywhere. And then that's when they saw the lymph nodes. Again, I did not feel any swollen lymph nodes or anything, but the scan showed that it had already gone to some of the lymph nodes. So they were going to remove all of those on my left side. So I had surgery and I was in the hospital for only about a week when it was supposed to be two weeks, but because it was COVID, they needed the bed. So they actually sent me home on hospice care. And another thing, I didn't know what that meant either Mm -hmm. until later, but they had no choice. So um, I kind of liked being at home, but my they taught my husband everything that they had to do because I had a feeding tube and yeah, everything. Wow. So it's wild, but we made it through. But um, it was very, I was worried about how I was going to sound once it yeah. healed and yeah. then the treatment after because they did the surgery, but then they have to figure out if you're going to have to do treatment or not after yeah. the surgery. Yeah. And so how did you cope with that with like your change in your speech? Did you, have to, you must have had to because I have to say your speech is fantastic. Right. It's come a very long way. I yeah. was like so adamant because like before any of this happened, you know, I was I did theater and I was a singer. And yeah. then I found out I this was happening. I was like, I they're like, yeah, you could lose your speech. You're definitely going to yeah. sound different. So I made a bunch of videos recorded for my kids because they were very young at the time. And um, I made a bunch so that my husband could play them while I couldn't talk. And then afterwards, after surgery, I couldn't talk for a very long time. And it was um, my brain had like think of like your tongue. You don't think about how you talk, but it was a foreign object in my mouth. Mm. And it was not like I had no feeling on one side and I had to. Going through speech therapy, I did two years of speech therapy. Wow. And I was very intentional when I speak. My I have to think of my the tip of my tongue placement to talk. Yeah. And it's just a 
you have to relearn everything. Like I had to yeah. learn how to eat again and how to, to talk. And, um, I, I find I get fatigued by the end of the day if I'm yeah. gonna talk a lot. And some words are still hard to say, like, Shh, and so, like, I can't make yeah. those sounds, but I've come a very long way. Like Absolutely. some people say, I wouldn't have even known that no. it sounded any different. So I'm like, yeah. I, that's that means everything to me when someone yeah. tells me that because yeah because so many like people a, are a, a friend of ours she's um had very similar surgery to you and um she's quite whispery you know her voice is quite whispery um right. and um and if and difficult you know it's difficult for her um so yeah amazing job you know you've done on it and I think it's good Thanks. to know that you can through hard work you can absolutely because I'm sure there are people who wake up from surgery just thinking is this how it's always going to be you know yes it's terrifying you wake up and like yeah and they, they warn you and that's all you can think about because your voice is so much of your identity yeah, how we communicate yeah. it's everything yeah. that you know and you don't think about how dynamic your tongue is like it's such a dynamic muscle and yeah yeah I remember being like I'm not I'm not going to how am I going to do this? And it yeah. was just, I worked hard, but you know, I showed a video of where I started to where I am now and it, and even it gets better and better. It's just, you know, you have the speech therapy, they give you the um, physical therapy too to work the muscles to get them stronger. And it does yeah. take a long time to heal, but it does yeah. get better. Yeah. It gets better. And so you said that your, your two were really little then when all this was happening what, how are you coping with like being a mother at the same time as this uh, journey? Yeah, it's just, it was so hard. I am, I, um, I'm lucky that my parents live close and they helped out. I, I was worried about my husband because I yeah. do everything with the kids yeah. and then here he was thrown into it and worried about me and having, well, he had to take care of me too with the feeding yeah. tube and all that. And, but I, I was terrified that, you know, what if this doesn't work? Like, I was just so worried that I wasn't going to be around to see my kids. Yeah. And I was worried they wouldn't remember who I was before, too. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't know how I was going to sound. And, like, it was just a mental, it was mentally, like, it was a weight on me that I felt probably hindered my healing process. Cause I was really? Very, yeah, I was really yeah. worried about how I was going to, like, talking. I was like, how am I going to talk to my kids? How yeah. am I going to do this? Yeah. And, you know, I always I always talk about how mental health and cancer have to go hand in hand because yes. you just hold those life changing words and you're yeah. not the same person. So yeah. that's also another layer you have to heal from. Yeah, yeah, totally. One of my good friends, who I quite often talk about um, Hazel. and I know she always listens to these, but she um, had breast cancer. And after her treatment, she was so positive through all of her treatment, unbelievably positive. And then, you know months afterwards she just came to see me and she was for the first time ever like teary and upset and she sort of said I think I might have got depression and you're like well Ah. there's a surprise you know because she was just fighting through a journey yeah yeah Yeah. it's in that fight or flight you're so used to I go to the I go to treatment every day I see my doctors are monitoring it and you're in this constant fight for your life and then finally you come down and you're not going you know you're not going to the treatment, you're done with it, and then it just hits you of everything you've been through, and through, you have yeah. to process that, and it's yeah. just a layer after layer of it, so yeah, it's like, I get the, yeah, stay positive, it's going to help you, but you have to be able to fill all the things and express them, too. 
yeah exactly so how did it affect things like you said that you used to sing before and yeah do you still sing has it affected your eating and things like that yeah it took some time now I can sing um I mean it's not great but uh I'm able to physically, like, I can do it. Whereas before I was like, I'm never going to be able to sing again. And it was hard. It took some work. It took work to do it. But now I can. And, you know, that brings me a lot of joy. I used to work for Disney back in the day. So I was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did all of. I was. That's like what. Sorry. Don't worry. I've got two dogs. Uh, I've got two dogs as well. So I know the feeling. Okay. (laughs) They just had to get their shout out in there. Um, Yeah, but it's like, so it was almost like that was uh, like a relief. When I could sing again, I'm like, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did it help, in fact? I think so. And the fact that I had training, I think that I always talk about that too with my speech therapy. Hey, the fact that I had training and um the diction training and on top of doing the speech therapy every day I was very strict with doing that because I was like I am gonna talk again and sound like me and you know yeah. that was my, my whole thing I wanted to sound like me I didn't want to sound yeah, like yeah I was I'm really concentrating so now I I just recently I can finally hear like inflections of me in yeah. it but um I think that like the singing and it helped with like the getting the tongue placement because for singing you have to do a different placement for the tongue so yeah Maybe I had that as a little bit of a, uh, <laughs> that helped a little bit, but the speech therapist, my speech therapist, she was amazing. You know, they're so patient. Yeah. And did it impact on things like your eating? Yes, like, it still does. Yeah. Because um, I can't really manipulate the left side, because I had it done on the left. Yeah. So I can't really um I have no feeling in this side, the left side of my face, so I don't have feeling on the left side of my tongue. So I only eat on the right side, and I can't do hard, crunchy food. So I eat yeah. a lot of pasta and, yeah. um, and meat. Oh, yeah, it affected your taste, so, like, meat tastes a little bit off. But um, I, I can find, like, now I'm not so apprehensive about going to a restaurant and being worried I can't find something to eat yeah. now I... Now I, I know what I can. Like, it's just French fries are always, or you guys say chips. Those yeah, are always, chips. Yeah. <laughs> those are always a safe bet. So, like, yeah. I, you find things that work for you, but all, but I'm still on, like, soft foods and um, protein shakes. You drink a lot of those to keep your calories up. And yeah. It's just so, a different way of doing things. Yeah. Because that's actually quite, we have that quite a lot. People are often on our Facebook group talking about food. Um, yeah, and... it's hard to find stuff that works because, like, you know, you're. Um, there's one gal that we in our group, the Young Times, who made a recipe book. Yeah. And it was amazing, and she had um, the same surgery and everything, and she was like, "Use this instead of this because it helps if you know you, your swallowing isn't so." That was so helpful to yeah. like finally see something like that. But yeah, yeah, we yeah, have we've got a couple of recipes actually on our. It's actually oh, yeah. one of, a, a surgeon in France who's a friend of ours, and he created some recipes for his patients because he wanted them to sort of have nutritious oh my gosh, food. That's you fantastic. Know. Yeah, because um, we knew of was like, you can drink your food. Yeah. I mean, you, miss, you miss like the act of yeah. chewing 
like what if you were like someone who's like a foodie like I'm all foods someone asked me they're like oh do you like it does it taste good I'm like I'm not the best person to ask (laughs) but I can I can eat it so it's great um so why what and when and what was the thoughts behind sort of starting to spread awareness on social media about this was it straight away or did you just kind of had you sat on it for a while um uh I think I I I didn't share my diagnosis with anybody for like two weeks almost two weeks before I I talked about it on Instagram I think that's when I I did it first because I was like um I was a little embarrassed too because the the you know the implication or implied like implied like tongue cancer I'm like someone's gonna say it's connected to that like yeah, I was yeah. really embarrassed that like, like it was something but I was like I shouldn't be embarrassed like no. I just googled for like a week trying to figure out what was on my tongue and then I was totally taken aback that this was tongue cancer if it's happening to me um maybe it's happening to somebody else and they're you know scrambling late at night looking at google trying to figure it out too so I think I'm going to talk about it so I yeah. made the decision about like to do the whole process of I told them about the diagnosis and I just did like little stories on Instagram and then I started doing reels and just sharing my journey because more and more people started messaging me and they were younger young women a lot of young women they're like wait I have that same thing I just got diagnosed and all I can find is like males over the age of 60 who were smoked nobody that looked you know had our story and so more and more people so I was like I'm just going to share from the start of it till, you know, and I, I until it ends, like, does it end? I, I'm just, I, the more we talk about it, the more awareness. So yeah. I really made a decision to just go all in and talk. I, I, I was like, I hope, hoping someone can watch it and be like, I can relate to that. And yeah, that helps. And I think that's it. It's the sort of personal stories. And you're saying about young women contacting you because in the UK, yeah. Um, 78% of cases are all are people over 55. Exactly. You know, sort of, and so I think, and also when you're younger, you sort of think you're a bit invincible, don't you? You're kind of like, oh. you don't expect yeah. to get something like this. And like you say, if you're not a smoker, if you're not a drinker, you'd think that it wouldn't be something that you would think of, you know. But I think um, as well, we find on our website, we've got like, just loads of videos of patients going through all the different types of um, head and neck cancers and I think that's kind of what you want to see don't you you want to see someone who's had it or who's got it talking about it it's someone real you know not a, a medical I quite often think surgeons um, and, and people on your journey your pre-op journey they're mm-hmm. focused on that but you've yeah. already had a journey before you get to that bit and yeah. then you've got a whole big journey after, you know, after the surgeon says goodbye, I'll see you for a checkup in there. You've got a whole new journey of a different life. And in my experience, the people I speak to, that's almost the hardest. That's the hardest bit is sort of post-surgery, how you yeah. deal with your new life and eating and drinking and, and wanting to be sociable, you know, because I think it's because it has, has an impact on your face. Oh, yes, Um, 100%. Like, I still noticed I had a droop for a long time. I mean, I noticed things and how it moved my teeth. That really bothers me. So even till, like, yesterday I was at an event and I was talking. And, you know, you had to take little sips of water. And, Mm -hmm. like, you can't talk. And so I I noticed I was, like, trying to yell, like, talk louder because I 
I was like, wow, I'm not as loud as I thought I was. Like, yeah. and it, it does take a lot of, it's like a sport. It does take a lot of energy. And so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to mm. do this event this morning, I can't do anything past six o'clock because my mouth is going to be fatigued. And then I start like drooling. I mean, like yeah. it, you get so self-conscious about it. And when someone like, if I like, you know, mispronounce a word or spit a little bit I'm like oh my god there, yeah, there it goes like I can't it's done. I can't try it like you know or even like I have to explain like oh sorry I had cancer and then I have to do like I had tongue cancer like because people don't know and they're like no. what do you mean you had like can't like you don't look like you had cancer that's another thing I'm like you know some yeah. of it, like it's all like the tongue and I'm like it's still affected every day like it's yes just, yeah and I think it's, it's hard it's especially I always think this is a little bit like um when you have like a really bad toothache and as someone who's had a tooth out recently I know how bad that is but when it's in your mouth it's so it's so huge when something's in your head and your mouth yes it's, it's so concentrated because there's no escaping from it is there yeah you know? I tell my husband that all the time I was like it's my mouth like there's no way for me to like take my yeah. mind off it to do no. it's your mouth yeah think about when you have like a toothache or yeah. you know like like even if like you um yeah like when you, even when you bite your tongue like that or yeah. burn your tongue like I'll yeah that. it bothers you you feel it all day all day yeah um, yeah it's constant but and you know some and some foods now that I'm, I'm getting braver with eating foods I'll like oh let me let me try it let me try it and see if it's okay and then it it just and my tongue swells up and it ruins my whole day so I'm like I'm just gonna stick with plain pasta and french fries yeah but, but like so it's still like even I'm three years out now so it's still a I'm still learning what I can and can't do and the times that like I'm done talking for the day like it's yeah. just it's changing it constantly changes it's never like you're all you're all done yeah never well, if there was someone out there who's either just starting their journey like you or they've got something on I suppose these are two different things they've got something that they've this always happens that when we talk about this I don't know if this happens to you but when I talk about head and neck cancers the people I'm talking to I can see them with their tongue going around their mouth I can see them actually doing it as I'm oh. talking to them you know like checking their mouth but um what's what's sort of people going through the same experience that you've gone on what would what sort of advice would you give to people who are who are going through that journey you're it's to see you I mean it's difficult our, our viewers can't our listeners can't see you but you're so glamorous and beautiful <laughs> um and oh, I, you're too kind <laughs> <laughs> no but you are you're 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 you look fantastic and I just think you're probably you're not what people think someone with oral cancer might end up looking like. So you've obviously got a really po positive thing about you. So I'm just wondering if there's any advice out there that you would give people who are on the beginning of this journey. Yeah, if you're on the beginning of this journey, you just found out, like, give yourself the time and the grace for you to process it yourself. There's so many other people like and there's so many people in your family or your friends coming at you and they're so sad and they feel bad and what they can do. You need to process it within you and give yourself the time. I remember I wanted to rush everything and I was mad at myself that I wasn't being able to do the thing. I was like, I'm young. I should be able to bounce back like that. 
And then I just accepted I needed the time to heal. And by me taking that acceptance to say, okay, I'm just going to give myself time. It's okay. It's okay today. It's okay. It's okay to have a bad day. I, I found myself, I would either journal, I would talk to myself, like I would have an inner conversation and then I would move on. I never dwelled on things like, oh, I, you know, I, I can't believe I didn't do my physical therapy yesterday because it hurt so bad. I should have done it. I never dwelled on it. I just said, that's, that's fine. I needed to rest and I move on. So people, I encourage them to, if they're going through it, to just give themselves time. And if you have the quest, if you have any questions, write it down. Cause when you get to the doctor, you forget everything. So I wrote down every single question and I didn't care if it was stupid or not. I wanted to know because there was nothing that I did my own research that I found that could help me. So seeing the doctor and going in, I was like, listen, nothing was explained to me on the internet. You need to tell me everything that I'm going to yeah. go through. So ask all the questions and don't be embarrassed. Yeah. There's no need to be embarrassed. Yeah. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. I'd love to speak to you again sometime um, and yes, just catch up on what you're doing. If people want to find out more about what you're doing, how can they get hold of you? How can they hear you, see you? I am on all the socials. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram under Jamie Ray Powell. And I share, um, I love uh, humor. So, you know, it's, it's not fun to talk about cancer all the time. So I do a little bit of that and a little bit of that, how my life, life is day to day um, after having tongue cancer. And then I also have a podcast um, with this charity that we created called The Young Tongues. And it's with uh, myself and a fellow tongue cancer patient, Barbara Reed. And she's in the UK. Uh, but yeah, so we just started that and... Um, yeah, so you can find us on Spotify or wherever you get your, pa- your podcast, Apple Podcasts. So that's Young Tongues. And we're on Instagram, too. So, yeah, you can always reach out to me. I answer every message. I see all the comments. I read the messages. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, Jamie. It's been absolutely a pleasure to see you and to speak to you. I am slightly jealous of your lovely weather. Um, uh. But... Uh, um, But thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Take care. I hope you enjoyed that. Please share this to help raise awareness. And if you'd like any further information about head and neck cancers, do visit our website, hncf.org.uk.